Good evening, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome again to another episode of Random Bible Question. I'm your host, Malcolm Jessup, and we've got an exciting episode for you tonight. Now, let's go ahead and introduce who we've got here with us tonight. Go ahead and panel, go ahead and tell them who you are. Hello, everybody. For the first time live, this is Justin Mickens, not calling in. Not so, calling in. We've got you actually in the studio. I know. It's great, right? Exactly. You don't have to, like, worry about my text messages popping up. <laughs> <laughs> like the random delays. I know, right? We just have to worry about other things. No roommates knocking on my door. I'm just here to bug Julian, like I've already started doing. But, uh, and, and and speaking of Julian, we've got the wonder couple right here, Jana and Julian Waddell. Is there someone at the door? It's the clowns I was telling you about. <laughs> Let's not worry about that. Anyway... <laughs> You guys, my bad on the inside jokes, listeners. <laughs> Sorry, I'm. A, do I need to introduce myself again? I, yes, you should. Uh, Jana Pearson Waddell. Who? Ja- okay, Jana. It's the list. I told you. You oh, know. Yes. Jana. See, I told you. It's okay. It's okay. I, Jana, For those you, out there, it's just Jana. It's it's me. You know me. Yes, and your wonderful husband, Julian. All right, all right. So we've got the gang all here and actually in the studio together so we can look at all the crazy, funny facial expressions everybody makes. Yes. <laughs> you can see start. my face at home through this podcast if you <laughs> listen very closely. And ladies and gentlemen, that will eventually come. One of these days we're going to get around to recording this too so you can actually see us on our future YouTube channel as well. Because we if anything, Jana wants you to know what kind of hairstyle she has every episode. I did. I work very hard on my hair. Usually. Actually, yes. um, the YouTube channel uh, became live this past Saturday. And nobody told me. Well, I'm <laughs> telling you now. See, <laughs> you get to find normal. out when the viewers do. Right? Exactly. <laughs> I, I love that. Julian always keeps me in the loop. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, jokes aside, what are, we, what are we here for tonight, people? Epic rap battle. I wish. I Why? really wish. I want to put David Why? against Moses. Epic rap battles of the Bible. That would be epic, actually. Yeah, that would and be. I actually hate that whole channel. But <laughs> David against Moses? Yeah, I, will, I would. How do, how do you hate? Do that. How do you hate epic? Shout out to epic rap battles, by the way. But that's not why we're here. What are we here for tonight? Anybody? Julian, I feel well, that one was tossed to you. Oh, well, we're talking about parables of Jesus. Exactly. Specifically. Um, why he talked talked in parables, and a specific parable. Okay, so what we're doing tonight, we're going to be talking about the wonderful stories that Jesus told in the Bible that I'm sure many of you guys heard, uh, our viewers out there, and our panel at home too. Like We heard these stories growing up as kids, uh, talked to us basically in the sense of the strict morality of do good, love Jesus, love your parents, and da, 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 da. So tonight, in this part series event, we haven't decided which one we're going to do yet. Shout out to Pastor Snell for you know, his mini-series. Shout out. <laughs> but we're, we're, I think we're going to keep this to what? What are we going to do, Julian? We're going to do like a three, four-part series? Probably three. Three-part series. That's good. Keep it nice and simple. So tonight, we're going to be talking about parables. We're going to start off, the, start off talking about parables. And the parable we're going to start off with, let's start it off with humanity, civility, and, and, and just looking out for your fellow man. Of course, I'm talking about the parable of the Good Samaritan. So before we begin, let's, let's go ahead and open up with prayer and get this thing started off right. Justin, seeing how you're alive and living color with us, go ahead and offer us prayer. All right. God in heaven, thank you for bringing us together as we 
celebrate this day and come together for your ministry. Lord, bless us. Send the Holy Spirit to be with us as we begin this podcast. And may anyone who hears our words be blessed as well. Forgive us of our sins and cleanse us of all unrighteousness. In your name we pray. Amen. 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 Okay, so let's start off with the basic things of a parable. By Webster's Dictionary, what 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 is what 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 does a parable mean? That was a rhetorical question. Webster's Dictionary states. I was like, man, I don't. Webster's like what? I didn't know. I didn't know. I left it at home. I've got I've got Webster's pulled up. I was feeling around for my phone like dog. Yeah, we were going to test it. Me, got you guys on your toes. Webster's Dictionary defines a parable, a simple story used to illustrate a moral or spiritual lesson, as told by Jesus Christ in the Gospels. So, going forward from there. The emphasis will be two emphases. Why did Jesus teach in parables? And then what are the deeper meaning that we're supposed to get off of the, the more simplistic thing of just, you know, love thy neighbor that we got as kids? What, what deeper meaning from these parables can we pull from? So that's what we'll be discussing tonight. So along with the audience and my panel, my, 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 my panel let's go ahead and turn to... What's the chapter? Is it Luke, Julian? Yeah, Luke. Luke, 10. Luke chapter 10. Chapter 10, verses... 25. 25 through 37. It is here that you'll be able to find, like I said, our listeners, you'll be able to follow with us in the terms of the full parable of when Jesus started, you know, when Jesus is speaking. So who's going to read a little bit of sympathy? Jenny, you going to read that for us? Yeah, I'm reading that, and I'm reading the NIV. The NIV. The New International according to some. Um, (laughs) On one occasion, an expert in the law stood up to test Jesus. Teacher, he asked, what must I do do to inherit eternal life? What, What is written in the law, he replied. How do you read it? He answered, love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your strength and with all your mind and love your neighbor as yourself. You have answered correctly, Jesus replied. Do this and you will live. But he wanted to justify himself, so he asked Jesus, and who is my neighbor? In reply, Jesus said, A man was going down from Jerusalem to Jericho when he was attacked by robbers. They stripped him of his clothes, beat him, and went away, leaving him half dead. A priest happened to be going down the same road, and when he saw the man, he passed by on the other side. So too, a Levite, when he came to to the place and saw him, passed by on the other side. But a Samaritan, as he traveled, came where the man was, and when he saw him, he took pity on him. He went to him and bandaged his wounds, pouring on oil and wine. When he put the, then he put the man on his own donkey, brought him to an inn, and took care of him. The next day, he took out two denarii and gave, him, and gave them to the innkeeper. Look after him, he said, and, what I, and when I return, I will reimburse you for any extra expense you may have. Which of these three do you think was a neighbor to the man who fell into the hands of robbers? The expert in the law replied, the one who had mercy on him. Jesus told him, go and do likewise. Mm, Go ahead, Julian. Can I throw in one little thing? Sure, go ahead. What what version are you reading from, Julian? Uh, I'm not reading anything. It's just the part that that was mentioned about the oil and wine. Oh, yeah, yeah. Go ahead. Go ahead. I just find it interesting that in that time, I'm saying that's like um, early A.D., Right? Yeah. Like, C. Yeah, BC. Yeah. BC, yeah. Um, like they, they use oil 30. and wine in regards to his wounds. Yes. And 
if I'm not mistaken, that wasn't actually brought out uh, like medically until when? Like the like the 1800s. Like yeah, for well, so 15 the, to 1800s. Yeah. So the, just the fact that in the Bible, Jesus is specifically talking about a method that um, people in the medical field didn't rec- recognize until a lot later is brought up in this point. I just find that like pretty awesome. Exactly. But then, then again, it also shows, too, the time, that, that time period and then understanding the natural herbs and remedies that God already had for us to begin with. But, yeah, I think that we digress a little bit. Um, there are three people that passed that person on the road. Where are they going to, Damascus? Or does it, it says say? from Jerusalem to Jericho. Jerusalem to Jericho, okay. There are three people that passed the person who had been robbed and beaten uh, beaten up by those robbers. There was a, what was the first one? A priest. A priest. Mm-hmm. And then there was a Levite who, if you don't know what a Levite is, a Levite is... This is grimy. <laughs> no, not <laughs> Levi. That's Levi. <laughs> I know what I said. <laughs> we're talking about a Levite. A Levite is from the tribe of Benjamin that... Uh, not tribe Benjamin. Which which tribe, tribe are they from? Tribe of Levi. Le- tri- yeah. uh, wow. Why did <laughs> nice. I get that confused? I don't know why. Never yeah, mind. Nice. Benjamin. Yes. Benjamin. Yeah, that's right. I don't even know why I got that confused. Yes, a Levite was from the tribe of Levi, and that tribe was uh, basically the deacons of the of the of the um, what's the word I'm looking for? Of the tribe of Dolomite? No. The. Da, 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 da. Basically, of the children of Israel. Yeah, they were they were they were the caretaker. They were they were servants of. God. I don't want to put it. They were. I would say they were more, more so. Um, they were the workers. As, they were viewed as the representation of holy people, the people that was actually able to do God's. Work. Yes, that's that. Thank you. That's what I'm looking for. So you have a priest who is directly worshiping son of uh, uh, worshiping God. Then you have a Levite who's. Basically, his whole tribe is set aside to minister to God. And then you have a lowly Samaritan. Now, anybody know exactly what a Samaritan is? Well, I have it pulled up right here. A Samaritan was a member of a people inhabiting Samaria, of course, in biblical times, or of the modern community in the region of Nabalus, claiming descent from them, adhering to the form of Judaism, Judaism. 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 I haven't eaten. Judaism, accepting only its ancient version of the of scripture. So basically, we're talking about essential cousins here, but because Samaritans kind of off split a little bit from main Jewish, the main Jewish way of life, they were kind of seen as unclean and not trustworthy. They were kind of just considered scourge of the earth a little bit by by their cousins so a lot of times it comes up that you'd rather get help from uh, I wouldn't say a rapist but a, a bad person versus a Samaritan that was you pretty didn't, dark I mean but that's that's how that's how they view the Samaritans though they they thought that um, you couldn't rely on them you couldn't ask them you couldn't even touch them because they were unclean that's how they viewed them so Going through this... Somewhere in there, there's a Donald Trump joke. There probably is. And if Donald Trump existed back then, he'd be all about keeping the Samaritans out. (laughs) I mean, basically. (laughs) But when Jesus asked the lawyer who who questioned him, 
Um, and it goes and goes to saying too. I've, re I've read some of the, what biblical scholars have said to this in papers uh, from Andrews University and from Oakwood that uh, the lawyer thought would like they they they, they hypothesized that the lawyer thought based upon who the other first two people were that the first two people should have helped, but maybe they were on some mission of God and they had some more important things to do, and they were just going to go pray for that person. Whereas the person that did help him out, the Samaritan, the lawyer, like, uh, and this, like I said, this is all theoretical, not saying that he actually thought this. This is coming from a theologian's paper from Andrews, that he wrote that um, the lawyer didn't anticipate, of all people, the Samaritan to stop and help that person. But yet he did. And Jana, what exactly did he do again? He he took him all the way home. Well, he took him well, to he, the inn. Go mm -hmm. ahead. Yeah, he uh he first he bandaged his wounds, like he disinfected, bandaged him, took him to an innkeeper and basically, you know, take care of him, you know, get him better and, he, and when he, I come back I'll He overpaid too, if, if I'm not mistaken, correct? Yeah, well he gave him two denarii. I actually don't know what you know, Julian. He had the alternative for it, and the other version is like silver coins. Yeah. Yeah. So he, I mean, I would imagine he probably gave him like a hefty sum, and it's like, if you, you know, I'm giving you this money now. You know what I mean? I'm giving you a million dollars now. Take care of him really, really well to the best exactly. of your ability. And if you need more, I, I got. I will return when I come back on my yeah. When yeah. I come back on my previous for my return journey, I'll cover whatever expenses he's. Built up if that wasn't enough. Exactly. It's kind of like a human daycare center. You just <laughs> drop them off, you pay your bill. If <laughs> well, you it, don't pick it up is your an kids, you pay more money. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I would. If I was the innkeeper, I think I'd be a, like for 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 real. Like I just, just you're just gonna go. <laughs> you're just and leave this money. <laughs> I'm, well, I, I'm mean, like, I don't know. I mean, this is a really idealized world. You know, be like he like, hey, see you later, and then kicks the guy out in the street and counts that money. But you know, I guess people were nicer then, exactly. except for the Levites and the priests, because <laughs> they were the only people who were just messed up. I mean, up. the story kind of stops there. The innkeeper, well, no, my. And we don't really know anything. Exactly. What, what is the origin story of the innkeeper? Was he sat upon by thieves as well? Did he like he brought this guy and he's like. Oh man, I know that was over there by, I don't know Hunsaker's Ridge. I got jumped there too, man. You know, let's in my bed. We got this. Oh man. Well, let's let's focus up, guys. Let's 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 start analyzing this from first and foremost why Jesus is telling this parable to begin with. Julian, in what what version of the Bible do you have right there in front of you? Because Jana, I believe in your version in the NIV, it said that the lawyer tested God. He tempted him. He tempted, tempted him. I don't know if that was in this version. Hang on. Yeah. I have yeah. the NIV as well. Uh, and in my version, it doesn't yeah, say he it, put him on a donkey. It said it put him on a beast. That could have been a number of animals. Could have been like a tiger. Or something. A, ti a tiger. A tiger. There's, a, there's lots of beasts out there. He went and got that from Babylon and just, you know, was, everybody in Babylon I mean, is doing this. Look at it. We he got could've, like, he put him on my you got like a I Levite and he was right? like, the Levite was gone. Right? Yeah, Jan was in beast mode. I'm saying. <laughs> just, All right. Jan is in beast mode and apparently a time yes. traveler who also travels to <laughs> fictional areas that our Lord and Savior created. Yeah, I'm just dropping Just for uh, example. Dropping it in there. The Levite was walking, the priest was walking. <laughs> Maybe the Samaritan was just awesome. He had some sort of beast. Unicorn, maybe? Throw that no. out there. Unicorn. No, 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 no. No Charlie Sheen. No, no tiger blood. 
Tiger blood. <laughs> <laughs> but um, I want to focus on the fact that first and says, first one says that it tested or it tempted uh, Jesus. Now, a lot, we, we we discussed this a little bit beforehand on the way over here. What in the what exactly that verse is trying to say? And I had to do a little bit of uh, digging myself. I came across some a lot of verses that actually cross-reference this kind of thing. Um, basically, uh, and if you're not too familiar with how the New Testament goes with the gospel of Jesus between the four disciples, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, um, during these par- par- uh, parable storytelling events, uh, the Sanhedrin, or the Pharisees and Sadducees as they were, were trying to always catch Jesus in a kind of a, a religious catch-22. Whereas if he said something that went against the law of Moses, he was, well, going against the law of Moses. And if he said something that he deemed necessary, then he's not only going against the law of Moses, he's also going against the, the will of God himself. Mm-hmm. Thereby, meanwhile, you know, exerting himself above. So it was a creative, it was a creative capture, and one of the reasons why... Uh, they sent a lawyer out because following what 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 is what is the what what does the lawyer specifically ask Jesus? He asks, "What must I do to inherit eternal life?" Exactly. And what is Jesus' first response to that? Well, he answers in the question. He says, "What is written in the law, and how and do cor- you and how do you read it?" And of course, the lawyer, knowing the law, he says that you know, love the Lord, love the Lord your God with all your heart. All your soul, all your strength, and all your mind. And then love thy neighbor as thyself. And of course, Jesus' response to that was, You have answered correctly. Do this, and you will live. And then, of course, the lawyer being tricky, trying to be tricky, saying, like, Ah, but who is my neighbor? And hence, trying to catch him in that 22. Um, and it goes back also to, uh, I've read a lot on this that I wish I could have found to reference this. But um, do you guys remember the, um, the old uh, record storybook, the My Story Hour thing that uh, I know Oakwood's radio station down here does it? Yeah, a, lot, a lot. It was recorded back in the 50s. I know I, I have the recordings for it. It, it kind of, it's one of those. <clears throat> it's one of those radio, radio, radio theater tellings of the Bible, and it goes into what the you know it, it kind of Hollywoods it up, but it does create what the um, Sanhedrin might have been thinking if God if Jesus answered this way they got him, or if they answered that way they got him. But let me, let me get your thoughts on that. What do you guys think about the Sanhedrin? The Sanhedrin trying to catch Jesus in a catch twenty two. That's actually a really. Kind of colors the tale with like intrigue. It does, like, because you got to remember at this point in time, Jesus is going around healing the sick, preaching the gospel, like preaching. Hey, you know, I'm here. Follow me for like, you know, you, you know, he's he's doing. Jesus is doing his thing, and the masses and the crowds are following him. Yeah, and when the mass and, and this is during Roman occupation of Jerusalem as well too. So the 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 Pharisees and Sadducees are already clinging to what little power that Rome has allotted them to begin with. And here comes Jesus, all riding on his donkey, um, 
on his beast. I figured, you know, I was actually figuring I'd get more of a rise out of those two about Jesus riding on a donkey. But really, was there a donkey joke that I missed? Yes, there was. The song. The song. Are we allowed? Will we get like slapped with some type of? No, I. I, We can mention, just can't play it. Are we doing this on a point system? Jesus on a donkey riding through Jerusalem. Ride it, ride it. Ride it. Jesus on a donkey riding through Okay, that's enough. We can we don't sing no more. Don't sing no more. Don't sing no more. Jana. Jana. No more. We got to edit that. We had to pay royalties after that. I just want to go on the record and say I didn't sing the song for all attorneys that may be listening. Yeah, that was also that wasn't that was pretty much just Malcolm Jessup and Julian. No, 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 it wasn't. No, it wasn't. Malcolm is a ventriloquist. Yes, yes, I can do an alter. I can do an alto female voice. Mm-hmm. But anyway, um, Jesus during this part, his popularity is real high. The people are flocking to him every which way they turn. The Pharisees feel that you know their influence, what little they have allotted from Rome, isn't being felt. So they're trying to discredit him at every which way in turn, saying that he's not the son of God. He's just some dude from Nazareth. Some dude from Nazareth. <laughs> Sounds like a great t-shirt. Some um, dude from Nazareth. I wouldn't wear that t-shirt, per se. You would. <laughs> it would be awesome. But, I mean, that's actually kind of a really interesting thought of seeing if, you know, the Sanhedrin making early attempts to undermine Jesus. Exactly. Especially in front of other people. Because all these people that had gathered around Jesus, these were true believers. And if they had kind of, like, sent a spy, some guy to just show up exactly. at, at his political rally and be like well <laughs> political rally what can i do to be to have an eternal life and 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 this is another thing we brought up too julian remember how many times did we say this happened in the bible at least six times when he was specifically asked this question would have what uh, 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 not the exact question but a variant question of what do i do to gain into the kingdom what do i do to get eternal life and julian what did you bring up that i thought that was pretty interesting what did you say before well, I was saying that there was a difference between um, the people who asked the question. Like, this one was an expert of the law. The other one was a rich young ruler. And the way that Jesus responded, he responded in two different ways. Um, he did. He did. One, it seemed like it was more so focused on, okay, this person, which in reference to the rich young ruler, actually really wanted to know the answer. However, because his- with the because Oh, sorry to interrupt. But because with the rich young ruler... He had literally done all of the Ten Commandments. He had lived it to the fullest. He was just, I mean, go ahead. <laughs> Sorry to interrupt. Go ahead. Yeah, I just so his, to his stance was, oh, okay, like, um, I feel like I'm on the right path, so I just need verification from you. Exactly. What do I need to do? And even in the aspect that he says, just a little tidbit before, it says, good teacher. And Jesus decides to respond by who, um... Basically, why do you call me good? It, it, it basically um, shows the whole aspect that that question was placed on. Like, okay, what good works can I do? I've kept all the commandments. What else do I need to do? And Jesus said, okay, if you've, if you've done all this, then the next step that you need to do is um, sell all you have and give to the poor and follow me. And now, what- that was completely different from this expert in the law who was trying to, or in a way, ask that exact same question and then focus on, okay, well, who's my neighbor? If you don't mind, I, got, I, I find it interesting um, that he used a Samaritan, um, well, ironic. If you look at verse, um, I guess, chapter 9, yeah, um, verse 51, 
That's was, right before that whole situation. It says, "Yeah, what's it say?" Um, as the time approached for him to be taken up to heaven, Jesus resu- um, resolutely set out for Jerusalem, and he sent messengers on ahead who went into Samar- into a Samaritan village to get things ready for him. But the people there did not welcome him because he was heading for Jerusalem. When the disciples James and John saw this, they asked, "Lord." Do you want us to call fire down from heaven to destroy them? But Jesus turned and rebuked them, and they went to another village. Now, I found that part interesting because since that's a chapter before, uh-huh. and then in the situation, like one chapter later, he decides to use the example of the Samaritan as good people, even though just a few moments earlier in the earlier verse, it talked about how he was turned away by Samaritans. Mm. So that's just... I feel like that's a deeper meaning in the reason why he would even use the Samaritan as uh, a talking point in explaining what he was trying to do in regards to who's your neighbor. He was really trying to drive the emphasis home that you can't discriminate against another person just because they're not the same as you. And you can't really ride your high horse thinking that you're high and mighty and closer to God than the other. In fact, it's it that whole this whole parable is a layer cake, if you will. He's not only addressing what the lawyer said, Jesus knows because it says, the Bible says that he was tempted. Jesus recognizes who is really asking the question. It's the the Pharisees and the Sadducees. He's addressing them once again because just like you said, Julian, it, it seems like he's answering this question a little bit annoyed. That you know the answer. I've said it several times over, but for the sake of the people who didn't hear what I said, let me say this parable. And he says the parable, he gives the example, and then he specifically uses those type of people, the first two people that passed the person that got robbed, as example of those two people are specifically you two. These are what you do to the Jew, like, like to my people, not just the Jews, but also the Gentiles, you shun them because they are not up to your standard. And I think Julian just brought up something really interesting: is that there's almost like a secondary lesson in here about race and stereotyping and discrimination. It, it really because is. Julian just brought up that just like the day before, the Samaritans had kind of pushed him out, and by all intents and purposes, he. The disciples or anybody could have looked at that and been like, oh, Samaritans, they're all they, bad. They're they could have this, gone right to them. They're that. But Jesus makes a point the next time over to almost say that you shouldn't just based on the behaviors that you see. That one bad experience. Yes, that that doesn't necessarily count against an entire people. That there are the Samaritans who do bad things. But Good you know Samaritans. What? There are Samaritans <laughs> who are going to pick you up when you've been whooped. And even your own people aren't even going to touch you. But there are people out there that will stand up and they will take care of you. Exactly. I I completely agree with that. And like to piggyback on what you just said, if you look further in that verse right after they were turned away, it says that um, they were walking afterwards. And it was saying that um, as they were walking, and this is verse 57 of chapter 9, along the same verse, if they were turned away from Samaria, uh, well, a place in Samaria, it says, as they were walking along the road, a man said to him, I will follow you wherever you go. And Jesus replied, foxes have holes and birds of the air have nests, but the son of man has no place to lay his head. So just the fact that he was, um, he used that later on, that, that, 
that message of the Samaritan uh, in regards to telling that tale. Mm-hmm. But it's like you can see here that it's like in a way he made mention how he was feeling exactly. in regards to not even it's like um, he went somewhere and no one gave him a place to stay. And, the son of man was shunned. Yeah. But still loved all. And like I'm glad you pointed that out too, Justin. That is true. He, he wanted to emphasize and drive home the fact to love everybody regardless of, of where they come from, what tribe or what sect they're from. And not to hold the actions of some against the people as a whole. Hashtag not all Samaritans. <laughs> exactly. Real. In fact... You, and, and, and it's one of the, and, and it's really interesting too that we bring up this in this kind of time and age because I mean we mentioned the Donald Trump thing of what's going on today in the world still reflects I mean the Bible tells us about what's going to happen but I just find it interesting too that we're talking about this and we just got done with a Republican debate about how Donald Trump is still going to be like, yeah, the Muslims yeah, the are Muslim man, yeah. And that's, it, it's still looking to the, cause, you know, I'm from Detroit. I grew up with, uh, I have several Muslim friends. Now, Please but they don't were, say that, some of my best friends are Muslim. Please don't say that. <laughs> why not? So, I, some of, so, don't. Don't, no. Nope. Mm-hmm. Don't you say it. <laughs> don't say it. <laughs> you know what? To help out a little bit, it's, it's, it's the equivalent of saying, yeah, so my right. best friend my best is black. Are black, so I can say okay. whatever I want. Oh uh, no, I get or it Donald like that. Trump's favorite one. I love the blacks. <laughs> <laughs> but I okay, put it like this. But I actually grew up with them. They were my neighbors on my block, and for for and until I think high school, I never noticed there was anything even different between us. Right. That's what I'm saying. Um, I, I I really don't like the the rhetoric and the and and what's coming out politically against a people just because of what one crazy group in Iraq is doing. And that's actually a really good point if you look at current events. Like, we're, as a country, we're demonizing the Muslim population, but I believe it was about three months ago is that a terrorist cell had gotten onto a bus and they were going to execute the Christians, and the Muslims banded together and shielded the Christians with their own bodies. So... If, One, can, if that's not a group of Samaritans, exactly. Let me rephrase that: a good group, group of Samaritans. Samaritans. <laughs> then I, I don't know what is. I mean, we we hate them, and we think that there's going to be a lot of people. I'm not going to say uh, all of us because that's craziness. Exactly. But a lot of people think that there's like this holy war going on between Christians and Muslims. But here we have examples all across the world of good Samaritans, good Muslims, good Christians. Treating, loving each other as their neighbors, protecting other people exactly. like they want to be protected. Exactly. I feel and like this has gone off on a tangent. It, it, <laughs> we probably might let it. Yeah, we probably I, I, let I, it I don't know. Bit. I don't think that's a tangent because, in a way, it, it shows it, it shows the deepness of what this what, what this, this parable was. What this parable is, and it said so many long so long ago, but it's still relevant now. And, that, and we're that's, seeing that's, it play that's out. What I want to say specifically because at the end of the day, it's like. Jesus, when he was talking in that parable, he not only was saying it to um, the expert of the law, but he was, you have to think about it. It's like earlier, earlier in that uh-huh. verse, the verse I read earlier, he, the two disciples said, shall we call down fire from heaven to destroy them? Mm. It's just in that mentality, it's like they said in their head, they said in their head, you know what? 
I knew because I know basically that's how they're going to act. We should it's like they should be destroyed. Exactly. Everybody should be destroyed. And it's like if you read further down, it's not like um, Jesus was agreeing with that. It says Jesus turned and rebuked them. Rebuked exactly. Yeah, it's like impl implications those disciples, and they went to another village. Yep. So this parable that was told later, I feel that it was not just for the expert of the law to make that point. But in order to basically say across the board, not just you who believe this, but every single people, even the people that follow me, um, should know that this is what it means to be a neighbor. Exactly. Even if I was treated bad, even if I was treated badly, that does not give the anyone the excuse to say I'm going to take this out on everyone in as a retaliation. Exactly. And if I'm going to draw one more strange parable, <laughs> or parallel, not parable. Par yeah, parallel. Yeah. They said, let us call fire down. <laughs> and it's almost like, well, if we look at it as today, when people are like, Muslims, bomb them. <laughs> I think yeah. they're calling fire down. We should rebuke them right yes. now. We should, yes, we yes. should. We need to rebuke them. Yes, we should. I think... So, um, I know I've been quite. My, I've been going on all type of tangents in my own mind. Actually, and I've been I've been trying to like keep it to myself because I didn't want to. You got to leave the crazy out, right? <laughs> yeah. But no, I just I was thinking like you know what you were saying like these are men that they weren't just men of God. They were literally walking shoulder to shoulder with God. They could hold his hand. They could pull his hair. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. They could swap flies off of him. They were like God's buddies, yes. you know? And so these are people that should know better. So I'm like, if you, if you want to compare that to today, we're talking about like pastors and elders exactly. and, you know, all the theology majors, you know, people that are just, you know, third, fourth generation Christians, all kind, you know what I mean? These are the oh, type yeah, of I people do. that were, you know, that will sit up here and use Christianity to like beat people over the head with Case it. Case in point. Exactly. We're coming up with Black History Month, and what, what, the, what, like, what, the, a lot of slave owners even use biblical principles oh, yeah. to keep us in, yeah. And, and, and that's, that's what I'm saying is like, you know, God's these, word. these men of God were literally using God and using their mm -hmm. quote-unquote relationship with God to punish other people. You know what I mean? They were using God as a weapon. Uh -huh. And that's what so many, like, Christians today are, I mean, I, I, I talked to some of my other friends and, and Christianity, just the word itself uh -huh. has become just this kind of oppressive backwards mentality. I mean, it's something that puts people off, it, it you does. know? I mean, um, I remember when, when I was a kid and people used to say, oh, I'm a Christian and it was like, it was okay. You know what I mean? Yeah, exactly. Now you say Christian and, and, or someone calls you a Christian and it's almost like a rebuke. Oh it's goodness. like an insult. People you must know assume I'm, that I'm out beating up Muslims. Exactly. And, exactly. exactly. You know, and cursing it's, out homophobes and all that. I, don't I was going to say, I was yeah. going to add to what you were saying, Jana, and it's interesting you bring that up. Case in point, one of the reasons why the, the Pharisees and Sadducees were doing this, and I want to bring up another story that came from the Bible in terms of uh, another parable I don't think we're going to be covering, but another parable nonetheless, where uh, a son had died and his parents had buried, just buried their son. They're coming back to their cottage. It was like, man, we just buried our son. We're grieving. And then all of a sudden, officials, Levites from the temple show up saying, hey, we're so sorry about your loss, but uh, you got to get about your house by sundown tonight. And they're looking at him like, what? It's like, yeah, well, you know, 
you know the 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 commandment that says honor your father and your mother that their days might be long upon the uh, upon the earth. Yeah, they the Pharisees and Sadducees had added an extra thing where if you gave enough to the temple, you got out of that. So he ended up giving the house that he had made for his parents to the temple to not so he could feel like he honored his parents. He thought he was doing the right thing, but he ended up screwing his parents over. Wow, that's messed up. Exactly. But where is this? That I'm I've got to go and look at that. I'll probably have that by the end of this podcast and okay. put it in the notes, if not on the Facebook. On the notes. I'll 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 find that. But I do remember coming across it. It's somewhere Matthew, Mark, I think it's in John. I believe it's in John. I'll, like I said, don't quote me for right now. I will find that. But just giving you an example, and it's a lot of examples in the Bible, actually, that point that the Pharisees, one of the reasons why Jesus was getting sick and tired of them asking these questions and trying to have them get caught in these catch-22s is because they had manipulated. The reason why God was getting mad at them saying, like, yes, you're going against Moses' law. And he was like, you guys haven't followed Moses' law for Freaking 400 years. You guys have manipulated Moses' like the law that my father gave to Moses. You guys have manipulated to the point that it serves your needs and not the needs mm-hmm. of the people to mm-hmm. remind them of how to worship and serve my father. And, and the, the thing, like this this thing, it, it keeps getting perpetuated because just like what you saw back then, you see it now where these Christians will take the Bible you know, take the teachings and everything, twist it to match something that feels comfortable for them. Teach Purgatory. it to their kids. Um, okay. Teach it to their kids. You know, make the Bible so oppressive that their kids don't want to study it. They no. just take the themes that they've learned and they pass that on to their kids. Exactly. And then you've got this entire religion that has just been completely twisted and misused and misrepresented. Exactly. Nobody wants to touch it anymore. You know Who what I mean? Who wants to? And it really, it's like if we are God's eyes and ears and hands and whatnot, and this is what we've done with his message. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? I mean, it, it just it just makes sense. It's like, why wouldn't God come and wipe us out with another flood, except for the fact that he promised that he wanted? Exactly. You know? I wonder if he regrets that. Like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> that promise. Why did I say that? Well, my God is a, uh, I, I believe my God is a perfect God. God yeah, knew. Yeah, of course like, he nah, knew. I got he something knew. worse for these people. He's like, I got this thing. It's a hell. It's a, a real lake of fire. <laughs> like, it's going to look way better than the flood. <laughs> What, 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 Pookie? We gonna burn this thing into the ground? <laughs> That's so stupid. But, 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 but you're right at the end of it, too, because we look back at the Dark Ages, or what kept the Renaissance... What was the Dark Ages were before or after the Renaissance period? The Dark Ages were before. Exactly. And during the Dark Ages, what was key point in the Dark Ages? The Inquisition? Just the Catholic Church in general. What did the Catholic Church do in order? They created law. They created purgatory. They created ways for your for you to get. Say, I mean, say Julie. Like, put, put case in point, Jana. Julian dies, and th- this is what I think 1300s. J- Julian dies, and you're just you're you you guys are devout Catholic. Julian may have forgot to say it, Hail Mary here or there, and because of that, the bishop comes to you and says, "My dear sweet child." I regret to inform you that your husband is in purgatory because he did not say those three extra Hail Marys. But for the low, low cost of 1995, for the low, low cost of 1995, you can pay to get Julian so out of purgatory and, in, and into heaven. And it's what they, they used these kind of silly rules back then to fund them building cathedrals across Europe. They used, they used, what was in the Bible, twisted it, added their own stuff to it to manipulate and get their own way. Mm-hmm. 
And, and you see that going through in terms of how the Pope ruled the Holy Roman Empire afterwards and, and so on and so forth. And what it really comes down to is now and then is Christianity as a tool of power. Mm-hmm. Yes. And it goes back to what Julian was said, is that at that moment in which they were disrespected, the disciples were going to use their faith as a weapon, as a tool to be like, I, we are better than them and we will show them that we are better than them. And as you went back and talked about, you know, the Hail Marys, mm-hmm. that's just another example of it. And even now it's like, well, we're the Christian nation. We're the good nations, shining mm-hmm. city on the hill. Mm-hmm. We will punish those who are not respecting our power. What and that that's wrong because we need to love them as we love ourselves. They are our neighbors. They are deserving of the exact same amount of respect and humanity that we are deserving of. Exactly. Justin, what did, what did George W. Bush say when we went to war with Iraq? What did he say? Do you remember that? Fool me once. Shame <laughs> on you. This, fool what, me. This, this. I won't get fooled again. <laughs> <laughs> remember. But, but, <laughs> We alienate a bunch of people. <laughs> no. Yep, this is a radical podcast. <laughs> this very much is. But I was saying that Bush, when we went to war with Iraq after the whole 9-11 thing, remember he said that as a God-fearing nation, he felt that this was God's intent for America as, uh, as, as, as she is God's only child in this world, maybe Canada's just the red-headed stepchild, to go ahead and... Uh, to uh, go ahead I just want to apologize to our, all our Canadian and listeners. And, and you know what red-headed yes, our, children. Malcolm yes. has nothing against Canadians no, or redheads. Or genders. Just, we love you guys as we love ourselves. <laughs> yes, we do. Because that's what Jesus wants. Yes. <laughs> I'm not saying that, yes, nothing against our Canadians. I'm just saying right. that's how President Bush threw that off. That this was... He felt he was getting a calling from God himself to arm America and go out and do this. When that was to- once again, totally misuse, misuse of, of Christian, 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 Christian principles. And if George Bush is listening, thank you for tuning in. We really appreciate your support. I mean, it'd be nice. I mean, maybe he learned something. Maybe yeah. he's going to come to Jesus, get baptized again. I don't know. Yeah, right. yeah, but we accept <laughs> you and we love you, George Bush, as yes. we love ourselves. Yes. <laughs> Even though it's hard sometimes. <laughs> we still love you. <laughs> oh, man. Edit that out. <laughs> <laughs> but we, we say all that to say this, that... Jesus knew and Jesus was tired of what had become of the Jewish people in terms of worshiping God. Because at the end of the day, because of the people that God had instilled to lead the people religiously back during the time of Moses, had steered the people so far away. It's one of the reasons why they got conquered, like uh, Judea got conquered in the first place. And to emphasize fact, I mean, I mean, let's not forget the, what the, the kind of, well, I wouldn't, I wouldn't call it a temper tantrum, but the kind of stunt that Jesus pulled to send a message in the temple when they were trading, they were, you know, they, they were doing business and trading and had kind of a, what, a, a market bazaar in the temple court? And he was like, this is a house of worship, and you've turned into a den of thieves. <laughs> I wouldn't call it a stunt. I would more so. What would you call it? Well, it's like, I feel, I, I, not feel, um, this was a church. This, yes. this, this was like in regards. This was the representation of God. And if you were, I mean, 
representation of God's home. Yes. So if you were to go all the way back to how it was back in Moses' day, uh-huh. um, it, everything was separated. I mean, you have to think about it. You had the most holy place. You had the holy place. And it's like the respect. It's like you could tell of the evolution of respect of how they viewed God versus um, how it ended up being evolved to being a more legalistic, we have to do it this way because this is more beneficial to our society. Mm-hmm. I think that was more so the anger point. It had nothing to do with, um, it was like, um, it had nothing specifically to do with Jesus saying, you know what, I'm going to do this to prove a point. It had everything to do with, this is how they view God. Yes. This is yeah, how they view right, God's right. house. It's like, it's one of those things where God does all of this for us. It's just like a, a guest. It's like you invite a guest to stay at your, your house. Home. Like Airbnb. It's like you have an Airbnb. It's like this is the most simplistic way I can view it. Uh-huh. Um, you're renting your house out to guests. Uh-huh. All right? And you're gone. You're not there. And those guests come in, and they just destroy everything. They have this huge house party. They do all these different things, and it's like they basically do, it's like they may have paid or whatnot, but it's like they may, not, they, be, they may be the people that's supposed to be there, but they're treating it like garbage. And in essence, I believe that is the main point of why he is like it was a justification of him being upset. So it, was, it, it wasn't a stunt. It was more so along the line of I'm doing this because this is the wrong thing and I have to let them know how serious it is about that. But that's getting away from the parable. Yeah, we've done that a few times. <laughs> I expected us to because, once again, Jesus told these parables. There are so many layers you can peel back and apply this portion of the parable to, to, to your life or this portion of the parable to your life. Jesus was good at making parable layer cake. That's, parable that's layer what this, cake. <laughs> that's, that's how I always viewed Jesus' parables. There's so much, there's literally so much knowledge to it. Yeah, there is. It's like, like, it's like and, an and, onion. and it's one of the reasons why he did that because he wanted, he wanted, he wanted you to visualize it, not just hear it, visualize it, take it to heart and apply it the best, like giving a, giving a full-length example of how to do it. So, well, if you're going to write one book for all time, then, you know, it's got to be pretty versatile. <laughs> exactly. So let's go ahead and get to our final points. Who wants to start off? Not I. Julian? <laughs> okay. Well, ultimately, since we were more so talking about um, how to be a good neighbor, mm-hmm. um, in multiple areas that of this i guess same question being asked there was a uh, there's a point that he mentioned about the the law and how he said um the expert of the law says you're supposed to love your god with all your heart and all that mind and all their soul and all your strength and your neighbor as yourself yeah at a at another point jesus was talking about uh, um or was asked the question what is the greatest of the commandments mm-hmm. so in those things it said um it's like those two things. They brought up the exact same point. Love your neighbor as yourself. Love God with all your heart, basically. So in essence, if you put these d- two points, which are two different questions together, you'll see that God is basically saying that this is what the commandments that were created, that were given to you all, were held upon. Exactly. The, the um, you should have no other gods before me. Um, don't take my name in vain. 
remember the Sabbath day to keep it holy. Exactly. All these different things were like what like you can view it as this falls into the category. This is how you love God with all your heart, with all your all your mind, all your soul. You're basically showing like God is like, I don't take you for granted. And the same thing from the from the man side. How do you love your neighbor as yourself? You it's like you don't um bear false witness against your neighbor. Mm-hmm. It's like you don't kill your neighbor. Exactly. It's like and by kill I mean murder. Exactly. It's like you don't commit adultery and te- it's like you don't commit adultery taking from your neighbor. Well actually Julian, you mind if I cut in real quick? Sure. The the kill the kill actually refers to two things. You don't kill physically kill and then you don't kill their character as in how they presented. In other words, I don't go around bad mouthing mm-hmm. Justin to to Jana. Yeah, That's you do. Oh, you just yeah, you know, he really, really does. He just <laughs> totally say that. Really? Well, I'm not supposed to. I'm not <laughs> supposed to kill Justin's character unless it's in a rap battle. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh but sorry, I just want I just wanted to say oh, that no, too. No, no, you were no. making some excellent points. So ultimately, when you break down, it's like I feel like in the teachings of Jesus, the way everything was broken down is every story, every parable that was told was a build upon something else. Mm-hmm. Everything was connected. And the reason why these parables had to be told the way it was is because just telling it straight, it was too much information. Too much. So if every time you read those exact same parables, you can see or take something different from those things. And so yep. going back to what I was saying about is like those two commandments, what is the greatest of those loving your neighbor and loving God, you can see in the commandments itself, is like this is showing... This is, this is, these commandments aren't, aren't just laws. You need to take this. You need to do this. But it's more exactly. so, this is showing, this is how you love. You're exactly. loving God. You, this is like, you're re, like going to the fourth commandment. You're remembering God's creation. Yep. It's like, it's not about the day. And it's, it's like specifically, it's about what that day signifies. Exactly. It's not about, I'm not going to kill you. I'm not going to steal from you. It's like you wouldn't want that done to yourself. Mm -hmm. And so that's what I get ultimately Mm -hmm. in regards to why he conveyed it in parables. And almost like you love, you show that you love God by loving the people he loves. Yes. Jenna, let's go ahead and get your final point. I was, my mind is doing the tangents once again. (laughs) Keep the crazy out. (laughs) I'm trying, I'm working on it. But, um, you you had said something and I was gonna I was gonna piggyback. On oh, which part? Well, there there were there were two tangents. Can I, I can't follow both. Yeah, you can do both. Go both. Do both. Do both. Do both. Well, the first one was um, I was it was actually earlier while you were talking. I was just thinking about how God he's so complex. Like there are things about God that we will never even start to understand that we don't even understand. Exactly. You know what I mean? We, we, we won't even be aware that we don't know this thing about God. There, exactly. I mean, he's just so complex. But, you know, that's the great thing about these parables is you could really just dive into them forever. You know, yeah. it, it's like you were saying. I mean, you, you keep saying layer cake when I haven't even really eaten today, which is a little frustrating. Sorry. But, I um, was thinking of <laughs> cake, too. Exactly. It's like, stop. Stop talking about cake, please. <laughs> but it's just, I'm sorry. There's, there's really... Okay, anyway, but there's there's all these layers, you know what I mean? And if you look at it, yes, you get the, the basic point that, that Jesus intended mm-hmm. for you to get right then and there. But if you ever just sit and marinate on any one of his parables, exactly. I mean, and I've, I've done it maybe once or twice before. I mean, that stuff gets time consuming because you start to uncover things, you know, uh, we're pressed for time. So we can't really dive into it like 
you mm-hmm. know, like I probably ordinarily would. But <laughs> I mean, you can just just think about the the. There's probably the symbolism of it being a priest and a Levite, and then a Samaritan. What do they stand for in modern day society? You know, what does you know Jerusalem to Jericho? What is what do these things stand for? You know, and there's there's all types of things when you really stop and really dissect it. God is saying more to us than what meets the eye, and so I feel like if we just kind of you know, take take the time to stop and really look at these parables. We'll uh-huh. find a lot more in there. Yeah. And then that kind of leads to my second point, which is the fact that, you know, there are a lot of things that you won't hear preached from a pulpit. We gener- A lot of times, you know, the, the pastors and the, the leaders that we're looking to are just giving us the basic information because that's what they see, you know, because yeah. they're busy. And pastoring is their job. It's not even a, really a passion sometimes, you know. So you just kind of exactly. get the basics what they get. And if you just take the basic and go home, it's not enough. You know, everybody needs to have a personal relationship with God. They need to have a personal understanding of the Bible. Spiritual and starvation. That's what you're talking about. E- exactly. And speaking of layer cake, spiritual starvation. Mm-hmm. You know, and it's cake. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I mean, a lot of times, what, what is that quote? Like, we, we use the Bible as cake when it's supposed to be our daily bread, you know? Yeah, exactly. Oh, that's the most important bread. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I like that. I like that. That was fresh. Yeah. Hashtag daily yeah. bread. High five. There we go. Oh, <laughs> one more. Yeah, oh, that was nice. See, that, that see our viewers, they just high five. We'll get, we get that in the video. <laughs> it's a very important part of this process. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, like, you know, we, we have to just get in there for ourselves and really take the time to dissect this because this is the difference between eternal life and death, you know? Yep. So we, it's it's really got to be up to us. We can't look at our pastors, you know, some of these men of God that walk shoulder to shoulder with God, quote unquote, and are actually using it as a double-edged sword. Yep. You know, you, you have to talk to God. And if you don't understand something, talk to him and get that understanding. God will give you understanding if you ask Exactly. Him. Because he wants you to understand. He wants you to understand. All right. Good point. Justin? So my final point, I'm going to make this quick, is um, to me the big thing that I always get from this is about challenging your preconceptions about people. In that time, Samaritans were bad people. They were trash. And even the disciples are like, bring the fire down, destroy them. But, Mm -hmm. you know, we go through life. And we meet all sorts of different people. And it is not just, like I used the Muslims earlier, it's not just something like that. It's, it's people with face tattoos and that creepy guy in the alley and the homeless <laughs> man down the street. Like, yes. all of these people are deserving of your love and your respect. You have to love them all. Exactly. That's what God wants. And I know that we, we have to challenge what we think and what we believe about people all the time because it's not about what we believe and what we think. It's about God, and God wants us to love everyone, exactly. period. No matter yep. what you think about them, no matter what you've heard about them, yep. no matter what your friend Troy down the street said about them, <laughs> you're supposed to love them anyway. Exactly. You need to stretch out God's love because we're Christians. That's what we're supposed to do. Yep. Yep. It's... God judges. We, it is we the do everything world. else. And for my final point, my final point is actually more of a shout out. Actually, um, not to me. You know, we go through our lives, and how many people can actually say they've probably truly met a good Samaritan who just did, who would literally, if you needed the shirt off their back, they would give it to you. How many people? How, can we say we've met anybody like that in our lives? Not while it was snowing or something. No, even when it was snowing. Like, this is the kind of person. 
<laughs> Julian? Yeah, it, it'd probably be Julian. He would give me the shirt. It wouldn't fit He has well. given me the shirt off his back when we were both cold. I'm, I'm a much I, yeah, bigger I, I man than him. I wouldn't fit his shirts, but... Um, <laughs> <laughs> you know, I could, like, use a headscarf or something. <laughs> well, I, I, I figured you'd say Julian, too. And Julian... Uh, all of us up here, I think we're we're pretty good at helping out. But the person I'm talking about too, um, and he attends here at the Alexandrian. Well, he attended. Um, my dear friend Corey Reed. He recently passed, and it was a sudden. It was it was it was sudden in the sense that we knew he he had throat cancer and. We thought things were going better for him, but, you know, way with cancer, it can take a turn for the worse. I only knew him for a year, and, you know, we talked a lot about, you know, doing things church-wise, and we'll play this also, John, see if you, if, if you thought I was crazy about my home city of Detroit, that... <laughs> Was he found out I was from Detroit? He was like, "Man, I, I need to go up there with you. I want to see Motown. You from Motown? All oh this." God. He, he encouraged it. Yeah, he did. God. He did. But don't encourage Malcolm. <laughs> Never. <laughs> but literally, the sweetest guy you'll ever meet. And then when I was at his funeral, I actually saw the full extent of what it was. He lived. He lived to the age of thirty-six. And at his funeral, there were over 2,000 people in attendance. Wow. His book that you signed for his funeral had over 4,000 signatures. Because he had touched so many people. He, w he was one of those people that um, I heard all these stories from uh, other people that he had touched from high school all the way up through college and everything about he, he would go to Walmart and if he saw somebody, a mother or somebody who couldn't afford to pay for the food, he would just go up there. And Corey, let me tell you this, Corey was, uh, he was on disability, so he wasn't getting in too much from the government in that check. But whatever he had in his pocket, he was like, hey, don't worry, I'm going to pay it for you. And he would just do it. He, like, there was so much, it overwhelmed me because, and <laughs> I've even teared up a little bit now because from what I knew of him, I knew he was a good guy, but I never truly saw the good Samaritan side until I saw everybody coming up and saying, it's like, man, Corey would do this and this. Corey would do this and this and this. And it just, it really overwhelmed me because I was like, this is an example right here of how we are supposed to live as Christians because he didn't care anything about himself. He really would give you everything he had. And at the end of the day, say, I love you, and Jesus does too. And Corey, always, every time I would leave here from church, he would always say, Malcolm, brother, I love you. I'm always praying for you. And like we got to hang out. And one of these days, we're going to go to Detroit too. And just, uh, I'm tearing up right now a little bit. Oh, um, completely understandable. Indeed. Yeah, just we, what I got from his funeral is like, as good as we are, we all four of us here can still do better because we still are living by the, the perfect example that Jesus set for us. Now, of course, we can't be perfect because we're born in sin and iniquity and come short. But if a person like Corey can do what he did and had less than us, had ailments that we don't have, be 
all, born into this world already a little bit sh- like well not short but a little like set back a little bit and give like we give the hundred percent but he gave not just hundred and ten he he went the distance gave almost two hundred percent just made me think why am I not doing that it 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 it, it made me really feel like I'm like Jesus just got done telling this parable and maybe Corey was the Samaritan that helped that person out and I'm feeling to myself like man. Why didn't I do that? Why, what, why did have I, as a Christian, walked past somebody that I was supposed to help out? Mm-hmm. It made, it, looking at his life and everybody that got up to say everything and all the the the, the honorary rewards that people were just giving to him in death because they they couldn't give it to him in life because he would not accept anything. He would just say, "No, God gave this to me for you to have, and I'm just going to pass it along." And he would just go about his business. Like, I'm, I'm here just to give this to you. Well, I mean, that's the joy of God's mercy, is that we have, he's given us more days so that we can work to be better people. Yeah. So that we can be good Samaritans, that we can be more like Corey, who passed. We can be better every day. Yeah. So that's, well, I guess on that note, I guess we're going to close it up. I just want to emphasize to our, our audience, too, that to the least of these you've done, to the least and to the most of these you've done to me as well. well how, how, does the, how does the saying go exactly? Whatever you've done that's to it. the least of these, my brethren, you've done also to me. Exactly. You never, I just want to remind our audience in terms of trying to be a good Samaritan out there, try, definitely try your hardest to do whatever it takes because you never, also, too, you never know who you're helping. And you never know also, too, when your time is up as well. Be able to be in, live, live, live your life as a shining example of the love that God has instilled upon you. And you'll be surprised how many people will sit, not just sing your praises when you're past, but how many people you may have even influenced to bring to God's life to begin with. Because that's, that's another thing I saw, too, at Corey's funeral, that people, people who were bought to the light because of Corey's, just Corey's simple generosity. They wanted to find out, why was this guy so happy? Why did he give me all that he had? I need to find out what he has so I can have it too. A simple act goes a long way. And that's, I think, at the end of the day, that's what God was really trying to send the message to. A simple act goes a long way, and a simple act says the most out of everything, no matter who you are or who you affect. Always try to strive for the best and give, them, give your all to those who have nothing or those who have, have, have their stuff taken. Give, do unto others what they would have them do and you would have them do unto you. Amen. I think that sums it up perfectly, actually. Exactly. Yeah. See. <laughs> we do yeah. see. We all see. S-I as in yes. Yes. <laughs> all right, Julian, go ahead and... Uh, Give us a close out, closing prayer, please. Okay. Dearly Father, thank you, Lord, for your blessings. Thank you for allowing us to come together and be able to talk about your word. Lord, um, as we continue to um, go week to week to discuss these different um, Bible questions that we may have, Lord, help this to touch someone. Help it to lead them closer to you. And bless us and keep us in all that we say and do. And help us to be able to be those good Samaritans that you spoke about in your parable. Bless us and keep us. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen. 
All right, ladies and gentlemen, that's our time for this evening. Uh, if you want to follow us on Twitter, Julian, we'll tell them where to look at. At Random Bible Q&A. All right, and if they need to hit us up on Facebook, and remember, too, next time uh, we get after we get done with this series, we will be going back to posting our question. In fact, actually, Julian, will we have our second parable up on Facebook at enough time for, for Q&A? Yes, we will. All right. So if they want to look up on Facebook, and we will read your comments out, too, when we have everything set up, where can they find us out on Facebook? That's facebook.com forward slash random Bible question. All right. And apparently now, now that we have a YouTube channel, <laughs> what's our YouTube channel? Random Bible question. All right. And ladies and gentlemen, don't forget to subscribe to us on Stitcher Radio, on uh, your iPod, your, your iTunes podcast. Uh, what else are we on, Julian? Podomatic. Podomatic. I couldn't remember that one. But yeah, so make sure to subscribe, tell your friends, and until next time, we'll see you then. Make sure to keep God's love in your heart going forward. All right. You guys have a good night. Oh, <laughs> <laughs>